Hello, folks, and welcome back to Refining Religion. Hey, I just wanted to drop a quick note before this week's podcast. We recorded this on uh, Wednesday, June 17th, uh, and this week we're talking about peace. This is just an interesting time to talk about peace, as I think worldwide we have never seen such a uh, lack of peace throughout individuals. And I just want to let you know that if you're feeling a little bit more anxious than you're used to, or a little bit more emotional, that's okay. Just give yourself some time to process things. I know that um, I certainly have been grieving things two or three times, uh, you know, more than I usually would. So just be kind to yourself, love yourself, love your neighbor, be kind to one another. And don't forget that June 24th at 6.30 p.m., we will be doing this podcast live, actually. So go ahead and follow Peace Reformed Church's Facebook page uh, or YouTube page. That's where we'll be streaming live and give you guys a chance to interact with us um, as uh, in real time. So thanks so much. Hope you enjoy the podcast. All right. Well, welcome back to Refining Religion. Uh, my name is Cameron. I am here with Verlin. Uh, peace be with you, Verlin. And also with you. Yeah, so uh, peace is the topic of the week. Definitely an interesting time in our world, in our lives, in our country to talk about peace. Um, what do you think? Well, I agree. I think um, when I hear the word peace, I'm reminded of my days in school studying Hebrew and realizing that this is from that much deeper Jewish word, uh, Hebrew word, shalom. Uh, I love that word. Um, I love uh, just the way it sounds, and I love the depth of the meaning. So I think as we get into this, we might have to talk a little more about what shalom really is and, and what that uh, might imply for us today. Um, the other thing that my head went to was my high school days when our choir sang, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And I've, I've always loved that song, and I think it has a lot of wait for us uh, these days to think about. I can't fix all the problems and all the strife in the world, but I have, uh, as uh, Parker Palmer says, about three feet of influence. Uh, what, what are the things I can do in the three feet around me that can make the world more peaceful for the people I'm around? Yeah. So it's interesting that you brought up that song. So let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. But earlier we were talking about how sometimes peace becomes too uh, too much about the individual and a lot less about the community. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's all it's always a both end, isn't it? But I, my first reaction when we first started talking about this is my my sometimes frustration with myself and with uh, with religion in general, Christianity in particular, and uh, sometimes with our country quite often with our country, that we think of these things very individualistically. And so when we say, wow, peace, um, that conjures up images of sitting by my lake cabin, looking at the water, watching the loons, uh, having my belly full and saying, oh, th this is peace. Um, I think, yeah, it's pretty peaceful in a sense, and there's a sense of contentment there. But I think the, the broader understanding of peace um, comes into those Jewish traditions and understandings of peace being something for the community. The Hebrew people thought about community first and the individual second. If the community is peaceful, I'll be peaceful. And so I, I think we're always struggling 
uh, particularly in this country and and often in Christianity, to take this religion and make it a, about ourselves, uh, but to make it about the community first, and and that's a hard thing for us to do. So, who would you say is responsible for the community feeling peace? Because if you are taking a, a look at it in current society, will someone say, will someone say, oh, it's the elected officials? whose job it is to make our lives peaceful through laws and regulations and things like that. You know, you might say that it's the church's position to, you know, bring about peace in the neighborhood surrounding the church. You know, where does the responsibility lie? Um, Could I just say everywhere (laughs) with everyone? Um, uh, But I think, I think we always have to stop and ask ourselves, is this, Am I fighting for this for my own benefit, or is this for the benefit of all? And who's, if that's the case, then we have to set up, I mean, the other thing you know about the Hebrew people is that they had a lot of rules and regulations. And all of those were intended, it seems to me, to be ways to um, express community and ensure that the community enjoyed peace. They, They weren't rules just to make people miserable. They were guidelines for how to make life more peaceful. And uh, that's an important distinction I think we have to understand. It's it's not to to keep people in line so much as it is to guide people in how to live. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little pushback here. Cause I, I've agreed with you for the past eleven podcasts. I feel like one I should buy a pushback a little. It seems, and maybe this is just a millennial thing that the more rules, guidelines, suggestions that are put on me, the more I want to go against them, the, <laughs> the, the more I feel oppressed. You know, Machiavelli was was not a fan of it, or I guess was a fan of the rules when he said, you know, the, the pain of the few, if it outweighs, if it, you know, if it's good for the many, then it's justified. Uh, but I I don't think that that is a a good way to bring about peace. Now I don't have a solution. I'm not saying here's a problem. And you know, I'm a millennial. I complain about things, but I don't have a, 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 a real solution for them. I'll let you know a little secret. I wasn't much different than you are when I was your age. I really think what you're, what you're tapping into now for me is a, a piece of developmental psychology. And, and I don't think it's about, millennials or baby boomers or anything like that. I think it's about the journey that all of us take as we mature. When we're little, when we're really little, our parents say to us, don't play in the street. And we're too dumb to know why they're making that hard and fast rule. Um, We don't realize that it's coming from a place of love and protection. We just hear it as a negative, don't do this. As we get older, we start to understand, oh my gosh, I could get hurt here. And my mom and dad were saying that because they're trying to protect me and save me. So I think I think rules are uh, necessary at certain points. But at other points, we start, I mean, it's kind of what Jesus said. The, the greatest uh, law is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Well, when you have to start figuring that out, it's very, it's very complex and difficult. So I I actually see the Old Testament and a lot of the things like the Ten Commandments as as rules given to an infant nation. They were just beginning to figure out what it meant to be a people of God. 
But if they had, if you stay with the Ten Commandments, you miss the greater purpose of the law, which is to help you love God and help you love others better. And so what you're saying makes all kinds of sense to me. And I think when resistance to laws come up, that's time for dialogue, not time for for distancing. You know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, yeah. That's a super interesting point. I, I never... I'm not going to lie, until this moment, have I really realized that the Ten Commandments were given to an infant nation and that you really have to take a step back and look at not so much the laws themselves as they are important, but what, you know, what it is trying to teach you. One thing, and we've talked about this a lot, well, a few times, we've talked about uh, what we like thin spaces. So something I want to ask you is, do you have a place or a memory where you were overwhelmed or overcome with peace? being in an environment? Um, I'm hesitating because there have been so many, frankly. Um, And there have been different circumstances. I mean, when I I was younger, it was the the sense of contentment on and and just a sense of well-being um, that existed in the home I was raised in and the family farm. There, that that oneness with nature that I experienced almost every day was pretty powerful, um, still important to me. But I've been in <clears throat> places of worship, uh, times with um, individuals where we've, we've made discoveries uh, about our lives and, and things that are affecting us, where those thin places show up. So uh, to me, it's more about <clears throat> having my eyes open wide enough to see them when they happen, rather than going around looking for them like, oh, where is, where is Shalom today? Where's peace today? It's much more of a, oh, there was a lovely little book written a long time ago called Surprised by Joy. And I would also say uh, Surprised by Peace. <clears throat> I, I like it when I get surprised by it. Um, and, and it's really all around us. <clears throat> the question is, are we, are we aware of it? Well, it's just, it's, um, you know, a gift, but it's also mm-hmm. sad that experiencing peace in moments when you're surrounded by nature or, or in those intimate moments with people usually requires dropping all the things that you think are important. You know, like you're usually not on your phone. You're usually not in front of a television. Even you're not usually in front of a book, but you know, it's, yeah. it's really, uh, there does seem to be this symbolism between, uh, self-awareness, and peace. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I was thinking about that as we were preparing for this a little bit too, that um, I have to keep asking myself all the time, you know, what's, what's turning my crank? What's got me upset? What's got me irritated? And is that, is that really an issue or is that just my problem? Yeah. And figuring out how, how do I get more and more conscious of my hot buttons, my touchy places, and and how do I make the decision to let that go? Um, I I think there's tremendous power in uh, naming something, taking a good look at it, picturing it in my hand, and then just kind of like a bird in your hand, letting it go because most of the time it's not that important. Yep. Uh, and it 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 doesn't. It's, a, it's all about me then. <laughs> so as I often say, it's all about me and it's not at all about me. Yeah, that's, um, 
that's actually something that I'm wrestling with pretty intensely right now. The the girlfriend and I had a disagreement the other day and, and in a very, you know, moment of honesty, she, she said that whenever there's something wrong with her day that is not involved with the household, um, I will try and make it about myself because I try to do something to help her to the point where I'm, I'm detracting from her ability to process the sadness. And that was the first time that someone has told me that. And I mean, it really just kind of hit me upside the head and it is a very difficult thing. You know, I'm not to the place where I can see something and get over it right away. (laughs) There's still something that like, I either have to, I'm a, I'm a huge extrovert. So I either have to vocalize it in some way or, I mean, it really does, it really can consume a, a decent part of my day. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Here's a maxim for you that maybe will be helpful. Um, never help anyone. <laughs> you can care for them. Just don't help them. I think what what's behind that statement is uh, our tendency when someone shares a struggle that they're having or a problem that they're dealing with, is that we feel compelled to help. And usually that is about our own personality and our own needs, not about that person's issue. Yeah. And so eventually you may want to do something to help them, but only after they kind of ask for it (laughs) or name it. Yeah. I, you know, there is a, I think a pretty significant difference and also the way you feel after helping someone versus caring for them. It's almost this behind the scenes, like, self-love of I cared for this person and you know when you're helping someone it's a direct correlation you're seeing you're usually seeing the you're getting immediate gratification because you're helping them caring for them is just so much more behind the scenes that it's a lot more self-love and and kind of self kind of pumping yourself up exactly yeah yeah and you think about it And you think about it from the notion of a power differential. Helping comes from up above. I have something that you don't have. And so I'm in a power position, really, to make your life better. It's very godlike, you know. Yeah. Um, to, to care for someone has a notion of coming up from underneath and supporting them. And it really empowers them to believe that they can handle their stuff and that you'll be there with them through that but you're not going to take over their problem or their stuff. That is something that I'm going to try and carry with me through law school because it's very much a, you know, lawyers are very, it's very much a power trip of, you know, I know things that you don't and you have to seek me to get uh, uh, something accomplished. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Um, Don't tell anybody else, but ministers are kind of tempted with that whole thing too. (laughs) No. If you don't believe me, just ask one. Oh, okay. <laughs> that you know that little secret that'll just remain between us. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, uh, his email is tim at peace. <laughs> He's gonna love you for that one. I know. I know. Oh man. I mean, it, you know, it just is. <clears throat> there just seems to be this just underlining. Uh, factor of peace that exists in the universe, which is needed now more than ever. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I don't, you, you can attribute it to 15 different things all happening at once, but I don't really think there's a lot of communities feeling peace at this moment. And yeah. I think it's a worldwide thing. I'm just not going to say it's a, it's a U.S. problem. I really do think it's a worldwide problem. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And it, um, you know, I think of it in terms of like concentric circles, um, what's happening in my own personal life. And then there's the family and then there's the community and there's the church and the state and, you know, it just concentric circles and I'm not in the middle of them. I'm actually in all of them and whatever I'm experiencing in whatever level um, has a ripple effect on all the other ones. So I, I totally agree. Figuring out what it means to live with a sense of harmony, if you will, um, and, and part of that is not getting perspective. I think we were talking about that very individualistically, but uh, it made me think of one of my secret desires, and don't tell my wife or kids this. Um, someday I would love to be in outer space. I would love to be able to see the planet or to walk on the moon and, and look at Earth and just, and, and if I could, to hear the silence. Um, not that silence equals peace, but there is something about incredible silence like that, that you're not hearing uh, noise from every corner saying what's wrong or what's this or what's that. It's just that sense of incredible um, calm, if you will, and also um, my incredible insignificance. If there's anything that's impacted my spirituality over the last few years, it's been pondering um, just the vastness of the universe and how stinking small I am and insignificant I am in the mix of the universe. Um, gee, have I already told you about the song, The Play by Peter Mayer? Oh, yeah. Yep. Only yep. once so far. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, a part of that song is where, where I live. It's just wow, the, the stage of life runs light years in all directions, he says. And as soon as I, I hear that line, I think, wow, uh, who am I? You know, what am I? And so that has an impact on my emotional reaction to irritations or frustrations. It's like in the vast scheme of this, of things, this is nothing. And yeah. so I, I keep wanting to invite myself and invite others to get a bigger picture. Let, let's take a bigger look. We're, uh, we're all on this planet. This is the only planet we've got. And we can either fight and kill each other um, or we can figure out a way to get along and not only get along, but have life be as enjoyable for others as it is for us, perhaps. Yeah. Okay, a few things. One, I totally signed up to go to Mars like three years ago when they were looking for volunteers. Awesome. And I was not chosen because I can't eat gluten because apparently oh. that's important to a Mars <laughs> diet. Well, I hear the drive-ins on Mars. That's all they serve. So. You know, I, I heard the food's kind of bad, but the atmosphere is amazing. <laughs> um, number two, movies. Have you seen Interstellar? Uh, yes. With yes. Matthew McConaughey? Yes. Okay, so I that is one of those movies that makes me feel small. Yes. But then I went to a um, – it was – it was like a lecture type deal. So Kip Thorne is the astrophysicist that guided them to create the movie. Hans Zimmer is the uh, composer that wrote the music. And so they had them together. So Hans Zimmer was playing the music and Kip Thorne was explaining, you know, black holes and how all these theories are totally true. And this is just out there. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, I recommend the movie. If not, if you have Disney plus there's great Nat Geo, um, you know, national geographic, 
documentaries about you know Mars and CNN just came out with the ones about the Apollo missions. Yeah. Oh, and Apollo thirteen, Tom mm. Hanks. Oh. Like, oh my. Yeah, a powerful I mean, movie. It's incredible that that is just really not that far out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is tripping me back to the whole stages of faith thing. That's what I was referring to when we talked about, you know, a two-year-old and you make rigid rules. When Fowler was doing this research on stages of faith, he said that less than 1% of us ever make it to stage six, which is a stage of where you're able to see the world through the eyes of God. And he means that very respectfully, but he said that... uh, couple of examples were uh, Jesus, of course, and Mother Teresa, um, people like that whose, whose vision uh, of the world and people around them is so far beyond their own self. And, and when you talk about going to Mars or when I'm talking about being on the moon or in outer space, it's that kind of thing of seeing the, seeing the earth as, as this tiny little thing that is... Um, always at risk and always has tremendous potential for so much good. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Mother Teresa, I pulled up actually a quote. This is one of my favorite quotes from her. And it's just, uh, peace begins with a smile. Ah. It's beautiful. It's simple. It's, I mean, it's true. It's, it's hard not to feel happiness. And I think peace is associated with happiness. Smiling. One thing that is, is interesting to me, and it's just interesting that our you know bodies are designed this way is that peace is not as gratifying or satisfying as anger is in 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 the immediate sense you know if you're mad about something you don't <laughs> want to put it away you want to like be mad about it cuz it feels good but then 30 minutes from then you feel like total garbage it's like eating that arby's you know <laughs> Um, uh, not directly applying this to you, but um, I think there are people who are addicted to their own adrenaline. And one of the ways you get that is by getting angry and you can get a lot done when you're angry. Um, You can, you can really uh, get things rolling when you're angry and, and that does feel good. And then there's the adrenaline letdown afterwards. And so I get what you're saying. Um, uh, sometimes I wish I got angry more so I could get more done. But at my age, you know, I can only afford a couple energy bursts a week, you know. The adrenaline's in short supply. <laughs> yeah, it is. I got to save it up a little bit. <laughs> just pound a Red Bull and then just get all amped up. Yeah, two pots of coffee is my take now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, is there anything else that you that you feel like we should talk about? I feel like we covered a very vast... Uh, Best amount of information here. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think as always, you know, it's it's both a, a conversation to be had inside your own head, and it's one to be had in community. Um, yeah. What I can't remember the last time that uh, a church group came together and said, "Okay, today we're going to talk about what peace means." On, for example, twenty one eighty Glory Drive. Um, what, um, I think we do things that. Uh, make for peace for other people. Our involvement with the school is an example of that and with the open door. Um, <clears throat> but to keep keep that in front of us, that part of the being and becoming more like Jesus is, is how do we create peace uh, that sometimes means we have to throw over a money table 
and sometimes means that we have to sit with the, the person who's been caught in adultery. Um, we have to do all those things that uh, may be uncomfortable for us, uh, but that I think uh, one of the reasons the church exists is that we can do more together than we can by ourselves. Yeah, just Lift meditate on those words, words for a second. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, that is kind of what, what the church is there for. Yeah. Um, and in some and, ways it doesn't need to be said, and in other ways we have to keep reminding ourselves of that all the time. Yeah. If you if you go back to the Israelites, you know the the fundamental phrase is that they were blessed to be a blessing, um, and and that's the the thing that we have to always deal with is what blessings do we have and how do we use them to make a blessing for others? Yeah, yeah. See, and look, there's that self awareness. <laughs> yeah, sorry, just kind keeps, of a theme with me. I like it. No, it's good. <laughs> awesome. Well. Um, real quick, we do want to remind people June 24th, 630. Yeah. Live podcast. We actually have no idea what we're talking about yet. No. So I don't know what to wear because I don't know what we're going to be talking about. It's got me very anxious. <laughs> if you have anything, uh, space related, you could wear, you just wear a space, <laughs> space tie or something. Okay. Go for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, Verlin. Hey man, it was a pleasure talking to you. As always. And we will see you next week. But next week, I'll see you in person, which will be the first time uh, that we've sat down and done this, actually, since the podcast started. Yeah, looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, cool. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Take care. All right, folks. I know we just talked about it, but I just wanted to recap real quick. Next Wednesday, June 24th, 6.30 p.m. If you do not follow us on Facebook, feel free to follow Peace Reformed Church uh, on Facebook or on our YouTube page, that's where we will be live streaming the event. Also gives you a chance to respond to us in real time. Looking forward to it, and we will see you all next week.